0: The Free For All Roundtable.
1: Round one.
2: All right, we've got a full house today. From Pickup Communications, Tamara Cherry is here. Sabrina Nanji with Queen's Park Observer. Matt Gurney, journalist, co-founder of The Line, which is an online magazine, and John Burnside, city councillor. And notably for our first uh, topic, also the chair of the TTC Commission. This morning, Blake Acton came to News Talk 1010 to sell his idea as he runs for mayor of Toronto, of everybody getting on the TTC for free. The interview didn't go all that well. Yeah, well, we've done the number crunching, and it's 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 totally doable. Tell me how. Well, that's another conversation. That's, no, that's it's a this long conversation. conversation. No, no, <laughs> no, that's
3: a long, long conversation, not not at this moment.
2: Right, but I'm, yeah, I'm sorry, I don't ever allow a political figure to announce a program without price tagging it and explaining where the money's coming from. Well, uh, as I said... Stay tuned. That, that will be coming. All right. John Burnside, does it make at, I mean, I realize they've done this in other jurisdictions and everybody looks to Luxembourg for uh, policy, uh, but is there,
3: are there in any circles? Does this idea make sense? Well, I wish we had the money. Uh, great idea, no no potential of execution. So here's the thing, right now, when you look at the TTC or any tra- transit system, um, they're re- relatively price inelastic, meaning um, if you, the fares aren't the biggest driver, right now it's convenience, it's safety, it's all those other things. So if you were to uh, make it free, then you know, I don't know that you're going to get more riders. You'd be better to put that 1.3 billion or whatever it is on an annual basis towards better service, more frequent service, better vehicles, and those sorts of things. Because that's what will drive ridership. And we all and last point. Sorry, I was going to make yeah. is that we already have the fare Pass system. So for people on ODSP and other uh, in, that need other income supports, they're not subject to the same rates of uh, to pay for their fare. So we already have those sorts of supports in place. Uh, Sabrina and Angie, it's a sweet,
2: vaguely Dutch idea, but I don't see it as much of a starter.
4: Yeah, show me the money. I heard that interview and I really didn't get any answers uh, from it. And you know, this isn't a new concept in other jurisdictions, but also closer to home. I remember the last time the Ontario Liberals were looking for a leader, uh, now MP Michael Coteau had had pitched free transit and that was a really popular um proposal from him it was getting a lot of traction so to speak but he said that he was going to do it as a phased phased approach he acknowledged that subsidizing transit is you know going to take a pretty penny and he wanted to do uh you know cost evaluations that type of thing he said he would it would be a phased approach you know starting with seniors and young folks getting free transit first um and so that kind of seems like a bit more of a realistic pitch so i think it's popular and it could move move boats uh even, you know, has a climate change bent. If if transit is free, maybe people are driving less. Um, I I just think we need to get more answers on it. I really don't know how he's going to be able to pull it off.
2: Yeah. And Tamara Cherry, I'm with John Burnside in saying that there are, I guess, cards that make note of the fact that you pay less when you, so it's it's means tested. Uh, There's no reason why a guy like me needs to ride the TDC for free.
0: And I have no idea why Blake Dacton could not, like, respond to you, John, when you said that. Listen, I can't believe we're actually having a serious conversation about this right now. Because that was the best piece of satire I have heard all month. (laughs) We're almost halfway through the month. Like, honestly, I just want to hear that interview on a loop. But the fact that we are um, actually having a serious conversation... After that guy just threw out a bunch of one-liners. We can't afford not to. It's a conversation for another time. Stay tuned. It'll be coming. Like, is he trying to sell Toronto the monorail? Because this is, it, it, it was, it was, it was absurd. And I will just say that and not give any serious Um, comment
2: otherwise. I had felt a little guilty, Matt Gurney, previously in deriding Blake Acton, because everybody everybody always says he was fourth, you know, he was a runner-up to John Tory. Yes, with 1.6 percent of the vote.
1: Yeah, which probably, based on that interview, might have been an artificial high watermark. Um, I think we'll have to see where it goes from there. Uh, Look, guys, if we had a spare billion bucks sitting around, and that's roughly what it would cost to wipe out all fair revenue from the TTC... Where on your list of priorities would making the TTC free come? For me, like, I don't even know if it would make the top ten if we had an extra billion bucks. I'm driving home from dinner last night, a family dinner, um, and it had been snowing a bit, as you guys know. And there was just enough of the white stuff on the roads to make it impossible to see the potholes. And my car was just smashing its way over the in theory, public road network in this city. Give me a billion bucks, I fix the roads. Give me a billion bucks, I put it into homelessness and mental health. Give me a billion bucks, I start catching up on necessary infrastructure here. If you just kept handing me billion-dollar checks, I don't know. Maybe I do get to the point eventually where we start thinking about making the TTC free. But it's not first on the list. It's not even top five.
2: Probably a lot of people listening, Matt, uh, agree with you about those potholes because there are some real wheel-eaters out there. Out there right now. On yeah. uh, MPP, I know it happened on Friday, but stuff happens on Fridays, so people won't talk about it on Monday, and we are going to talk about it. An MPP has been ousted from the Conservative Caucus. I'll start with Sabrina and Angie. This is definitely in your wheelhouse. And this is over allegations of election interference. I don't know if you were listening, but we had a really interesting conversation just after the 7 o'clock news with a national security analyst, former national security analyst. And she was saying the sort of opacity of this particular scandal makes it almost impossible to know if anybody's done anything wrong and whether there should be consequences.
4: Yeah, and I, I did hear that interview and I think it was, you know, hitting the nail on the head right there because there's just so many questions right now. And of course, we're all speculating. It doesn't really help that, you know, Queen's Park is not in session uh, and, and there's not really that many folks around that we can be asking about this uh, because there's just so many unknowns. But certainly, you know, speculation is just flying around wildly at Queen's Park because, uh, you know, there was this swift action that happened on on Friday, typically a, a sleepy news day, you know, which, which wasn't the case Um, you know, Vincent Kay has has stepped out of caucus, says that he's going to be, you know, spending his time uh, not being a distraction to to the Ford government, which, by the way, has its own scandals to be dealing with, you know, tearing up the green belt, uh, strong mayor legislation and and the budget coming up. And so I think, you know, him getting out, politically speaking, was probably a a smart move uh, for himself and for the Ford government. They do not want this um, in the headlines, you know, people raising questions about what they knew. But I think just because there is so much unknown at this point, Um, and even, you know, broader in these allegations of Chinese election interference, it's too soon to really make any conclusions. Um, And certainly, you know, the PCs are just hoping that this MPP doesn't really cause them any political problems. And so they've booted him out, and he'll be sitting as an independent.
2: Matt Gurney, I felt like I was watching a scene from the movie The Prestige, because everybody's watching Ottawa and the Liberals, and on a Friday afternoon, a provincial conservative gets the boot.
1: Yeah, it's funny. I've been following the story pretty closely, as you guys can imagine, and what I've been finding is is a lot of surprise uh, about that, but not among everybody. Um, my, my impression is, and this very much includes uh, a, a small group of people at Queen's Park is that Friday's story was not a surprise. And uh, Mm -hmm. those who have been viewing this purely from a perspective of intelligence operations, and again, we're we're only dealing with allegations here, and it's important to say that, but people who are just watching this from the perspective of intelligence probably understand that China would not put all its cards down, all its chips down, I should say, on one party. They would want to influence many parties, they would want to influence many societal organizations. So it wasn't a surprise from that perspective, but even on the specific perspective of there being being someone inside the governing party at Queen's Park. I actually think that story had been circulating for quite some time. It made the government's response on Friday interesting. I don't think they were surprised by it and their original response of well we'll demote him before he steps down. To me that seemed a pretty weak response to a government that to my knowledge was more than warned that this was coming.
2: Uh, listen Tamara I know that you've often reported on crime so I turn to you on this story which is that the notorious Killers, uh, Millard and Smitch who were uh, jailed in, in one case. This, inc- I mean, all murders are abhorrent, but I mean, they took a perfectly innocent man for a ride in a truck, shot him and then incinerated his body. Uh, but they are arguing that their eligibility for parole should not be cumulative. It should be concurrent. And I think they're going to win because we already have the precedent from the mosque shooting in Quebec City.
0: Um, yeah I mean I I won't be surprised at all if they win and as far as I'm concerned just following these sorts of cases through the news um this isn't this isn't surprising at all I think anybody who has uh consecutive sentences right now is going to be challenging it and likely winning because of these other precedent-setting cases listen this is not a case of wrongly convicted this does not mean that they could potentially be walking free I think that we should not be talking about this we should not be speaking the names of these to people until slash unless their sentences are chopped down, and then we can make it a two-paragraph story in the newspaper and forget about them for another couple of decades. The ringleader of this, whose name I won't even mention, is never getting out of prison. Anybody who followed the case knows that. The other guy, who the ringleader's convicted of three murders. The yeah. other guy's convicted of two murders. He's likely never getting out. Let's just forget about them. And my heart goes out to Linda Babcock today um, and, and and all of the, the survivors in this, but Linda being the one who is quoted in the newspaper. Uh, the mayor of the Ukrainian city of Lviv
2: says he would like brave Canadian tourists to come visit. John Burnside, are you ready to go and uh, tour the restaurants and cafes in a war
3: zone? Well, John Burnside isn't known for his bravery. Um, let me just say, <laughs> about as brave as I get is riding the, uh, is going on the uh, amusement rides on the top of the Stratosphere in Las Vegas. So there's no chance I'm going anywhere near Ukraine. That
2: is one terrifying ride. I've, I've been on it, and I would never go back. So you and I think we're brave for doing it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Matt Gurney, I mean, you're a journalist, naturally curious. Would you go on a trip to
1: a war zone?
2: You know what actually
1: would stop me from doing that? It would not be, uh, I mean, my wife might actually try to kneecap me if I tried. But what actually uh, stopped me from going earlier in the year is insurance. Uh, You need very special insurance to do war zone coverage. I did ask our our insurance guy, because at the line, you know, we we are properly insured. I asked my insurance guy, hey, can I go do war zone coverage? And he said, yeah, but I would have to get you a special policy. And then he came back to me with the price tag. And I was like, "Mm, yeah, maybe later. Okay. What were they insuring you against? Everything? Kidnapping, oh, shooting, bombing? Gosh. Dismemberment, a death. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah. Being abducted, like getting your own uh, former yeah. special forces team to come rescue you if you're abducted. And I'm not kidding about that. And it's actually not that, you know, for all that you get, it's not that expensive, but it's a really big number for every day you're there.
2: Although the crazy thing, Sabrina, is life in parts of Ukraine seems to continue to be like any other sophisticated tourist attraction attractive city
4: yeah and it did sound cool uh when i first read the article that that we got for for today's roundtable like this speakeasy uh you know getting served uh, like kind of being you know, behind closed doors it, it sounded really cool but for all of the reasons that have been mentioned by my fellow panelists it's a hard pass for me
0: okay and tamara you're not going either Mm, No, that will not be our next family vacation.
2: (laughs) Imagine packing the kids up and going to a war. (laughs) I have to say, though, I have a charity group that I support that is going on a mission to Ukraine, and I've toyed with going there, although now that that's been heard at home, it's probably going to be quite the discussion. Thank you all. Good to have you today. John Burnside, Sabrina Nanji, Matt Gurney, and Tamara Cherry. Catch the Roundtable, round one at 7.45, round two at 8.45. Weekday mornings on more in the morning. News Talk 1010 Toronto.